Hello and welcome to the first edition of Founded and Grounded, a podcast all about sharing advice and inspiration to keep you on track for the rollercoaster ride that is starting a business. I'm Andrew Parsonage and across the kitchen table from me, I'm delighted to have here business startup specialist, Mr. Ollie Carnard. Hi, Ollie. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing? All right. I'm very well, thank you. This is all very exciting, isn't it? Terribly exciting. Welcome into this in a position of having started our own businesses. Plus, Oli, you've spent a number of years advising other startup businesses about how to go about doing what they do. So this is really all about imparting a bit of wisdom, experience, but also some inspiration and, and motivation as well, isn't it? Most definitely. I think I've spent about 10 years um, in the business support arena and I've been running my own business for the last 18 months. We carry the wounds, the war wounds, so we're more than happy to share those. So coming up... On this podcast, we'll be talking to the pioneering business, the pioneering zero waste business about their experiences, their startup journey, the challenges, the pitfalls, the trials, the tribulations, and also the good stuff as well. So we'll be talking to them in a very short while. But just before we begin, Ollie, we can relate to this because we're both dads um, and got young kids, but starting a business is like starting a family, really. It seems like a great idea at the time, but it's bloody hard work. You know, you've got long hours, it's exhausting. Sometimes you don't get much sleep. You kind of up and down in the middle of the night, you're sort of, your life is no longer your own. So given all that, why start a business? Fundamentally, yes, I completely agree. It's, you know, it is a hard work. It is those extra hours that you have to do throughout the day. You have to be aware of many hats. You know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But I think ultimately there are many benefits to starting your own business. And those are different for different people. Some people want to start a business because it fits in with their lifestyle around their children. Some people really want to make an impact in the world and they can only do that by starting something themselves. Some people just have a burning passion and they just want to take that passion and turn it into a business. Other people, you know, they don't want to make money for other people. They, they see that huge potential upside that they could be making themselves mm. financially. Some people, it's just about that freedom and the control over their own life. So I think there's many different reasons for doing so. And it really depends on the individual. And also, Ollie, this, this podcast is all about the reality of running your own business because, it, yes, it, it's very euphoric when you're kind of jacking your job and, and you're saying, right, I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to be the master of my own destiny and all that sort of stuff, which is great. But it's, it's not all that way. And certainly it might feel that way looking on LinkedIn because, you know, you see people at award ceremonies and announcing great news and it all seems rosy in the garden. But you only really get one side of running a business. And we know that 99% of the time it, it's not really like that, is it? Most definitely. I think the best way to describe starting a business is essentially a roller coaster. It's a journey. There's points of massive highs and there's points of massive lows as well. And I think it's all about that journey along the way. Um, so as long as you can keep yourself grounded and basically surround yourself with the right support network, ultimately it's worth it. But there's yeah, massive highs and those massive lows. Okay, Ollie. Well, look, thanks for that. And let's now move on to the crux of the podcast. Every episode that we do we're going to be talking to a startup business about their experiences their challenges the trials and tribulations uh, all the stuff that'll be useful to you if you're thinking about doing the same or you're already set upon your journey and it feels appropriate ollie uh, at a time of huge public awareness about the environment 
and increasing demands on the corporate world and the business world to do their bit that our first guests are pioneers in this area, aren't they? Yes, Andrew. And I've been speaking to the two co-founders from Zero Green, Lydia and Stacey. Zero Green is Bristol's first zero waste shop that has opened last year. And I spoke to Lydia and Stacey about the motivations for why they started the business in the first place. It was a bit of a joint venture in a way. So we started just talking about things that were annoying us from our food wastage, from our uh, plastic wastage mainly, uh, talking about meaningful things, minimalism. It was more of a, instead of wanting to be our own uh, bosses, we wanted to make a difference in the world. So it was of a, after realizing that we would love to be able to shop in a place like this where we started to to find out and trying to look for for make it happen because it wasn't any anything like that in in Bristol and eventually realized that we could do it ourselves well, I'd already resigned from my job before um, before we even had the idea of zero green um, I just um, I was getting towards 40, about to turn 40, and I just thought I, I was a bit, I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. I'd worked for Sainsbury's for almost 17 years. Um, Lydia and I have worked together at National Trust for 18 months. Um, and although I loved what I was doing, I just felt like I could do, have more of an impact if I did something myself. Um, and at that time, I really wasn't quite sure what that was. A little bit, I suppose, just not lost, but just trying to work out what my next step would be. Um, and then I suppose fortuitously started talking to Lydia and realised that. Um, the shop could work um, and decided that that would be the thing to do so I spent probably from the end of October onwards um, while Lydia was still at work trying to get the shop set up so um, learned a lot in a lot in three months. And that leads on quite nicely to my next question um, which I suppose how did it actually go from that idea stage to actually taking the plunge and actually going for it? Uh, very quick apparently in the court in the world of zero waste after talking to other people some people have taken like two years to do it um, I, I haven't got a lot of patience so um, we just kind of cracked on with it quite quickly but like I said I just spent probably a good couple of months at home uh, researching things just finding out where we if what the prices were like for rent uh, where we could get our suppliers from as Lydia was talking about it has to be it has to work as a business so a lot of finances, trying to work out, do business plans and SWOT analysis and yeah, um, to try and work out how the shop would work. Um, we visited Totnes, which has a zero-waste shop down there, um, looked at lots of other shops online um, and just kind of built built up from there really what we, what we wanted to be in the shop and then I tried to work out how to do it um, and then had to talk my dad into building it, which was a joy. <laughs> Excellent. And I think that's a, a great attitude to have. A lot of people sometimes, if they have an idea, they kind of dwell on it, sit on it, maybe go on a course, um, sort of delay and delay, delay, then eventually it never happens. Uh, so it's good to see that, you know, you've went from idea to actually implementation in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, we first saw this place on the 13th of October and we opened on the 10th of March. Um, and bearing in mind we didn't get the keys till the end of January. That's fairly bonkers and... Um, I fell out, of the, fell out of the ceiling two days after we got the keys and broke my pelvis. So it's even more ridiculous that we managed to, to do it. Um, so in six weeks, most of which I was on crutches, we managed to get the shop fitted out and open. Um, and then when we talked to other zero-waste shops, they're like, 
oh, we took like four months to just draw up the plans, which is great, and everyone has their own journey of how they want to, to get to it, but I think if we hadn't have done it that quickly, there would have been other shops opening before us, and that's great now that other shops are opening after us, but it's always nice to be the first one. Well, Ollie, there's loads of stuff there from Stacey and Lydia, so much to, to pick over there. So let's start with that first question about why start a business and the motivations around that. And I think what was quite interesting that both Stacey and Lydia said was that there was that mutual feeling that there were two kindred spirits here who both felt the same way and felt strongly enough about something that that was the, the impetus for the business to get going, Ollie. What came across in the interview was that they both shared a passion for being strong environmentalists. And I think the crux of their business came from being annoyed about what was happening in everyday life. And I think that entrepreneurs are essentially people who see problems and want to fix them. Although they're first time entrepreneurs, I think that's a very key point. I think one of the underlying factors that both Lydia and Stacey picked up upon was that they wanted to make an impact. They wanted to make a difference in the world. So the best way they saw that was to start this, this business themselves. And, and it's interesting you were saying about how entrepreneurs are trying to fix a problem. And, and maybe in this current climate, pardon the pun, it's trying to fix an environmental problem. You could be cynical about this, but look, you know, if there is a business to be had from addressing something that people feel strongly about, then then so be it. And I think there would be an appetite for people supporting or voting with their feet and think, well, actually, I want to shop with that, that retailer because they care about packaging or, or minimising it. Most definitely. I think people will be attracted to the shop because of their own personal values, mm. um, which obviously align with Lydia and Stacey. You know, Stacey was saying about how she was a vegan and saw the, the downside of mm. all of the packaging industry mm. and the environmental consequences of uh, the industry. So I think people align to people who share the same values. Mm. So I think a lot of customers will go there because they know that Lydia and Stacey care about environmental issues when their purpose and the opportunity both align then that's when the real best businesses are created and I think very much their purpose and the opportunity has aligned in their case. Yeah now we're recording this podcast um, not long after a documentary went out on BBC about plastic uh, it was Hugh Fernie Whittingstall and his plastic crusade. And that uh, was actually filmed on the same street in Bristol, North Street, where Stacey and Lydia run Zero Green. So it all, felt, it all feels like it's, it's coming together now. And maybe they're, they're at the beginning of, of something. The other thing I found interesting, Ollie, was what Stacey was saying about her impatient nature. She admitted that she was, she was impatient. But it sounded like she got the balance between her wanting to get going and, and that sense of urgency, but also doing the necessary research and but do things that they both said were were alien to them things like you know doing their business plan doing the research talking to other businesses it seems like they got that balance just about right so the fact that you know they didn't wait two years they 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 got moving yeah and I think fundamentally that that was a personal characteristic of them in terms of wanting to start the business and not having patience to wait around but ultimately there was an underlying business reason there as well is the fact that it was a first mover advantage to opening the first zero waste shop in Bristol but I'm sure that must have been in Stacey's mind that someone could have beaten them to to that idea of being the, fir- the first zero-waste shop. Most definitely. And I think since they've opened, there's actually been at least two other zero-waste shops opening. Mm. No, so, and certainly there's been a lot of media attention. So the fact that being first, first to market, uh, can be a bit of a double-edged sword, but it seems like they just caught the, uh, the, the, the zeitgeist at the right time. 
But I think, uh, on the other hand, just to play devil's advocate, I think in the industry there is very much a sense of collaboration. I know they went down to the zero waste shop that opened in Totnes, who was actually opened by a former Manchester United footballer. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was very much up for sharing kind of suppliers and giving advice and tips on how he opened the waste shop there and I think that the very much in the Bristol scene as well um, that that's continued so I know that for example Lydia and Stacey have spoken to Grant who opened the shop on White Ladies Road as well mm. and I think there's a very much a sense of community there and working in collaboration because ultimately a consumer isn't going to travel half the way across town with their containers because then the environment, environmental impact of doing so outweighs shopping at their shop. What have been the main challenges or barriers that you've had to overcome in opening the shop? I suppose the most obvious one is that we'd never done it before. Um, so we had to kind of um, go back. I mean, I, I've worked in retail for a very long time. I've worked in business for a very long time. So the idea of budgeting and business planning and things weren't alien to me. But when it's your own money and your own shop, it's a it's a whole different thing. Um, and I think we're both still very new to zero waste. We're, we're, we're not people that have been doing this for 20 years and then decided to open a shop. So still, as we were opening, we were like, that sounds like a good idea, but does it fit in with what we want to do? My first ever business meeting was with somebody who thought that packaging was the best thing in the world and couldn't understand what us two ladies were doing, opening a, a shop that didn't sell packets and it just wouldn't work. And it didn't last very long. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, most, mostly we've had good conversations, but we have had to walk away from a few suppliers because they won't supply things how we wanted to. Um, so Clifton Coffee were great from the off offset. They were able to offer us uh, deliveries in returnable buckets. But we went to, I think, two or three different tea companies before we found uh, Mr. T's Teas, who uh, drop it off in paper bags and then they take those bags back. So I think the learning curve was probably the biggest the biggest obstacle and the huge range of things that are out there. I remember messaging Lydia one night and I was like, I cannot look at glass jars anymore. I just need to make a decision because you you kind of second guess yourself all the time to think, can I get it somewhere else? Is it? And I suppose if it wasn't this kind of shop, you'd just buy the cheapest of what you could do which might mean that it comes from China or it's, you know, air shipped over and stuff. But we didn't want to, you have already had more questions than you would do from opening a normal shop. What is your support network look like and how does it help you? I think Lydia and I are probably our best support network for each other. I have a wife, Hannah, who's been absolutely stellar in been helping out, uh, drive me around when I was uh, on crutches and coming in and um, quite often comes and helps sweep up the shop at the end of the night. We've had friends that have helped, so uh, Jenny that was in earlier has become a friend and a volunteer, she's a volunteer and she's become a friend. Uh, we have another friend called Sophie who used to work for me at Sainsbury's and she now works in the shop as well. So we've got a lot of people that we can bounce things off of, which is great. And even our customers, I suppose, are our support network because they're very open to talking about what their experiences have been like and also they challenge us, I suppose, to 
push things a little bit further and they also answer some of our questions. We've also had great support from other businesses as well, so we've worked with um, City to Sea, so Michelle and Natalie from City to Sea have um, quite often pop in um, and we've met them at various meetings and things um, and they've kind of helped us push what we do, so I was on a panel f- about the Plastic Ocean documentary and then you're able to meet other people and just make that network even bigger. Well, it's powerful stuff there. And this podcast is all about sharing the advice of people who are already on their startup journey. And some really, two or three really great points there, obviously, let's just quickly go through those. First of all, the thing for me that really stood out from what Stacey was saying was that passion for the business. You've got to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And I think both of them are very passionate about what they do and that ultimately drives them. I think, and, then, and I think combined with that is believing in what they're doing because I can say it's going to be a very long and difficult journey if, you, if you're trying to do something that you don't really deep down care about i know this it's about the passion but it's also believing in your business idea isn't it you've got to have that fundamental belief in yourself i mean it's a bit easier with stacy and lydia because they're there for each other Mm -hmm. and they've got that co-founding partnership and relationship and they can bounce ideas off one another but ultimately entrepreneurs have to have the right mindset they've got to be driven towards growth and they've got to overcome the mind games that may happen in their head this is probably the most important thing we might talk about in this this podcast is about that self-belief because I think that's one thing you can do everything else in terms of your business and you can do the planning and and the research and and the doing the business but having that self-belief is key because if that drops away I think I do think business is a confidence game I really do and often going back to the point we're making earlier about LinkedIn is that you know some weeks it just doesn't happen uh, and it's about keeping yourself going that's such a tough thing Ollie isn't it? Yeah, I think resilience and perseverance are two of the most fundamental characteristics that you've got to employ or got to have when starting a business. Mm. Particularly if you're self-employed as well. It's so tough. And and there is support out there and we'll come back to that uh, towards the end of this podcast. But it's uh, such an important point. And I think I think it gets overlooked really because you know, if, if you are working for a business, if you're not self-employed, you know, you, you're an employee, that's all kind of taken care of for you. Whereas here you are very much on your own. Most definitely. And I think the, the key that will help them in the future is they're surrounding themselves with the right people you want to surround yourself with positive people who share the same values that you do and they've basically done that and they've tested their idea before they started the business they went out there and spoke to potential customers and essentially validated their business model so it simply wasn't just an idea in their head they've actually gone out tested the concept and got that external validation what they need and i think one of the key points about running a business is you actually just need to go out there and speak to your potential customer base and understand whether it's a good idea or not. Just on that, what if someone's a bit nervous about, oh, I've got this idea, but you know, if I share it, someone else might steal it and, and it might kind of be taken away from me or someone else might kind of get there quicker. Is, is there a risk to that, Ollie? It's a really good point, but I think ultimately 99% of business ideas don't happen because it's all about implementation. I think taking action against an idea is one of the most fundamental drivers of being a successful business person. So I think everyone can have an idea, but not everyone can run a successful business. Well, Lolly, I know when you met with Stacey and Lydia that you covered a whole bunch of things, a lot of ground covered, and we've only got half an hour for this podcast. But uh, there was one more thing that I wanted to to hear from them about. So what, what was that, Ollie? So I asked them what one piece of advice that they would pass on to fellow entrepreneurs who wanted to start a business. Um, I think you've got to um, have a great passion and love what you're what you're doing. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about about your work life balance and things. But if you don't completely have a passion and love what you're doing, it does soon very become a a, ch- a chore and a hardship. 
we've had loads of people email us and asking for advice and I've given them some practical advice but on the back of that I've been like you have to have that passion for it otherwise it just it just won't work excellent and likewise uh, same question to you Lydia firstly I would say that believing in yourself and believing in the idea and surround yourself by the right people as well I think it's it's good to talk to as many people as as you can about what your plans are and what's the idea about the last decision is on on yourself so just try to believe that you can make it but it's a bit like what Stacey said like be passionate about about doing it just basically you will spend a lot of hours so be be ready and prepared to to just give the most of it and give up your time so you will give up a lot of things but you will get a lot a lot in 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 return but yeah my advice would be just yeah believe in in yourself and just try not to doubt about about ideas and hard work basically <laughs> thank you very much for your time today Lydia and Stacey if you could just inform everybody where we can find you and where we can find you online as well that'd be great so we are based in Bedminster in the 12th of North Street and you could also find us on Facebook Instagram Twitter we are Zero Green Bristol and yeah check us out okay well thanks for that Ollie and loads of great stuff we could have shared we've tried to kind of clean the best bits from the conversation with Lydia and Stacey but really really great to uh, to hear from them and an object lesson in taking a business from idea to to reality so so look thanks to those guys it, it sounded like you had a, a really great conversation with them uh, a few months ago yeah really interesting just want to say a special thank you to Lydia and Stacey for taking time out to speak with me really so Ollie since you recorded that interview with Stacey and Lydia they've got some good news to share haven't they they have. I popped down the other day to their shop at the bottom of my road and business is going very well and they've actually moving into a larger premises. Uh, still on North Street in the South Hill area, uh, but great news. If you want to find out more about what Lydia and Stacey do, they've got a great website. They've got some good video clips on there about their whole business ethos. It's Zero Green Bristol. That's all one word, Zero Green Bristol co.uk and their story and their business is all on there for you to enjoy okay we're almost out of time but i don't let ollie get away unscathed before sharing one last piece of wisdom and we've covered a lot of ground today ollie but what's the one thing that you want to leave people with i think ultimately it comes back to finding people who believe what you believe i'm going to use that dreaded term andrew networking which essentially just means going out and speaking to people you know, there's people out there in the same position that you are who share the same values and, you know, want to achieve the same things in life. So if you can go and meet a another co-founder um, at a networking event, then ultimately, you know, that could lead to a future business. Because I know networking events aren't everyone's cup of tea. It takes a lot to walk into a room of complete strangers and start a conversation. It's not in all of our comfort zones or skill sets. It's a tough ask, but you're saying, look, you know, if you don't do that, then you're going to struggle. You are. And I think you've got to go out there and speak to people, regardless if that's customers, suppliers, potential co-founders. Just go out there and speak to as many people as you can. It's like anything in life. The more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. That's great advice, Ollie. Um, I'll make a note here to sort of get out and do that more. It's a tough gig, but you know, you're right. It's got to be done. Anyway, Mr. Collard, I think our time is up. So thank you for all your expertise and wisdom over the last uh, 25 minutes or so. Thank you. And remember, just our, our sort of final 
parting shot to, to you listening is that um, business is exciting, starting a business is great, it's thrilling, it's euphoric, but it's also hard yakka as well. And also it can be quite a lonely experience. So hopefully this podcast is a reminder that you're not on your own. There are loads of other people out there in your position. And, and on that note, good luck, keep going, and we'll be back next time with some more startup wisdom for you here on Founded and Grounded. Thank you.